Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, welcome to the post-game show. We're here on Optus Sport. It is brilliant to have your company after we saw China beat Haiti 1-0 in a cracker of a contest at Hindmarsh Stadium in Adelaide. I'm Neve Owens here alongside Tanya Oxtoby, Chloe Legazzo and Thomas Sorensen. But before I get a moment from you, crew, about what was a remarkable end to this game, let's cross straight back to pitch side at Hindmarsh Stadium. Adriano Del Monte is there. Adriano, it felt like the players and the fans knew how important a win that was. They certainly did, and you've just missed a lap of honour from the China team and the China fans. They waited in every corner of the stadium, and the atmosphere I mentioned in the pre-match, it felt like a a China home game. It certainly was that, and I can tell you that crowd were, well, the 12th player and then obviously the 11th player after the red card for the entirety of the match, and I'll be here again when China take on England Next week, obviously, in another decisive fixture for China, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. It was amazing scenes. And really, this team, they did it the hard way, but in the end, they they come through. They'll be very happy with that. The smiles on their faces. And they're going to take plenty of momentum now into the uh, final match day of this group. I'm looking forward to getting outside the stadium, though, because the fans, they were partying and celebrating before the match. I can't wait to see what's going on outside this stadium. I can already hear the noise, hear the music and the celebrations. And it's been a beautiful few days for me here in Adelaide. And I think the Chinese fans, I've met a lot of them, and I'm very happy for their sake. They've come away with all three points. Adriano, I love that so much. And Chloe Legazzo here in the studio is so stoked to hear that there will be a party in Adelaide tonight. We'll let you go and join in. Thank you so much. It was brilliant scenes throughout the game and at full time. And it felt like the resoluteness shown by China was so respected by those in the crowd. Yeah, we spoke before the game, didn't we, about that they would be organised, that they would all know their roles and responsibilities. And, and that comes so much into play when you're down to 10 players. And that... They, they, were, they were fantastic. I thought even before they had a player sent off, they were fantastic. But the way they adapted and adjusted, they all knew exactly what they should be doing. And they, they actually, I thought, was the better team for, for pretty much the whole game. And, um, you know, the, the crowd appreciates that effort. Haiti were not able to exploit the extra player at all. In fact, it never really felt like they had an extra player, Chloe. And once China got that penalty call, they never looked like they were going to give up that lead. Yeah, look, I think China did an incredible job to be able to look as if they didn't have a man down. And that's hats off to them because that is a lot of running in their legs to be able to do the work of one extra player. I just don't think Haiti had the tactical ability to be able to adjust to having a man up as well as being able to come up with new resolutions and maybe changing the formation. And, and their star player, Wang Xiang, stands, you know, it's a huge moment for them. You know, getting her first goal, goal in a, at a World Cup and, and securing a vital win. I think, you know, just the, the difference in tactics from Haiti, you know, the, the way they were playing, very cautious. They were playing with two pivots. They were four at the back, just not throwing enough bodies in. I think Dumene made a difference. I thought the energy was 
better, but it just wasn't enough. They weren't pushing enough and, and taking that golden opportunity with one man extra. Very late, we did see bodies flying everywhere, T. I Couldn't felt like we up. had potential penalty calls <laughs> happening left, right and centre. The first came just after China's goal and it was an opportunity for another potential China pen. Yeah, we, we watched this and I think we all thought it was a penalty, to be honest, or at least a foul. We weren't sure whether it was inside the box or outside the box, but the referee's not given it. I think she's pushed her in the back. It's not shoulder to shoulder. Um, and I'm surprised that, yeah, it didn't go any further. Shocked, really, honestly. You could see that it was a massive push in the back. And this was also controversial. I think at first glance, I was 100% on board with a penalty as she had her arms wrapped around her neck. But it would have been a soft penalty, and I think it later on at the end of the game, <laughs> controversial. Hindmarsh Stadium, this was AFL style. Talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm old school. I love my defenders, you know, going <laughs> at it. Use, yeah, you know, she used the body, and uh, it was borderline, but I think it was just about right. It was a wet night in Adelaide as well, T, and it felt like late. We were seeing that bit of a slippery surface. Oh, is that what we're? Is that what we're going with? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Again, I, I'm. You know. That that was quite reckless, I mm, thought. Um, yeah. And and you almost you give the you give the referee a decision to make. And when it's you know what thirty seconds left in the game, I just don't think you need to do that. She's not going anywhere. Stay on your feet. Continue to force her away from goal. Don't give the referee a decision to make. Are you surprised that there was no review on any of those two because they were? You I know, think their coach I, I would was. have loved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he got a, he got a yellow card. But, a yellow. You know, you would think at least give the referee a chance to look at it because they were. Absolutely. What's the point of having VAR if we're mm. not going to review every inside of the box um, opportunity to have a PK or, or uh, a free kick or something like that? What, what, what is the point of having them? Because I, I think if you look closely at that, for me, that's a penalty and that's a game-changing moment. Mm. And that means that China wouldn't be in the position that they're in. And for me, it's devastating for, for Haiti because it's moments like this where you're relying on the technology that they're bringing into the game to change the game in the moments that you need them to and it fails. And in such a tight group, mm. those decisions really matter. There was a moment very early in the second half, Tommy, where Zhu, the Chinese keeper, stood tall, and this proved decisive. This is a massive chance. Um, you know, first of all, you can say, you know, the finishing should be better. But for the way she stands there, trusts her instincts, trusts her reactions, uh, you know, she, sometimes it's easy as a goalkeeper to to start to gamble. You know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll try to guess and because it's within three or four yards, she stands there and an amazing hand to it. Uh, I'm surprised she could play on because I think she uh, thought she brought a, broke a finger too. Yeah, yeah, to push that up, you know, out, mm. not back into danger and to push it out for a, for a corner is, um, you know, exceptional goalkeeping because it was hit with pace. Um, you'd expect the striker to be hitting corners in those areas, but when it comes straight out, you've got to deal with it. And she did that really, really well. And ultimately, it means China finished this game with three points. And as we see Group D and those standings there, Tommy, England, who haven't hit their straps yet, have got three points from their two opening games. Beautiful tournament football play. But all three teams, Denmark, China and Haiti, still in this. All in it. And potentially, if everything goes horribly wrong, England could be out because, you know, they could all three win with China and Denmark. Uh, and then we have a situation. But so it's, it's all exciting. That's what we want. Uh, everyone's got a chance uh, and all to play for in the last round.
I love that it's about now that we start going, oh, wait, what happens if they all finish equal on points, equal on goal difference, equal on goals four? What happens Confusing. next, team? Yeah, you're also lucky Kelly's left the studio saying things like England will be out. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's picked his moment and we are going to throw it back to a bit of a tougher moment for Tommy a little bit earlier on today. It happened at the Sydney Football Stadium. The Lionesses continued their winning start to this tournament, 1-0 victors over Denmark. Brianna Holden and Joe Montemuro were there. What an interesting encounter we watched tonight. Joe Montemuro, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, first 20 minutes, England very good. Uh, their movement was very, very good. Their patterns were very, very good. And then, uh, you know, uh, once Denmark did push their two wide players a little bit higher, went to a 4-2-3-1, I felt that they were starting to cut out some passing lanes. They were a little bit higher. They had four lines of, of defending instead of the two. Um, and, and England sort of, you know, were exposed a couple of times, especially when their fullbacks were pushing forward. All right, and of course, there was a massive loss for England in the middle of this match. Katie, uh, Kira Walsh, rather, she's out uh, maybe for the rest of the tournament. We don't know. But what are your initial thoughts on that? And how does England recover without Kira? Yeah, it's quite interesting because, um, you know, England are very strong because they do play with Kira Walsh. They play with one six in front of the back four, which allows, you know, their, their two tens uh, to, to push forward and play in between the lines. They went to two sixes, so it does it does change the dynamic a little bit. And, and Denmark did have some ideas, but look, um, you know, Kira Walsh is the heart and soul of that of, the, of that midfield. He's the heart and soul of the, the tempo, and he's the heart and soul of, of all their movements. What an incredible afternoon it was at Sydney Football Stadium. It was a packed house as well, and the atmosphere was absolutely pumping. Let's have a look at a moment to celebrate first from an English perspective, T. And it was the goal, the opening goal, and the match winner. Yeah, Lauren, uh, we all spoke pretty much about Lauren James coming into the side and what she can do and finding those little pockets of space in between the lines there, clearing her feet, short back lift and uh, inside of the foot with a lot of pace on that shot. Um, you know, she does this time, you know, time and time again at training, so this isn't a fluke, it's something she practices and quality finish for her first goal and it'll be a relief uh, for her, I know, in her first start. You were up and about in I the was. green room when she scored this one. Tommy, you were a little bit more sober <laughs> in response. <laughs> I must have these first 10 minutes, <laughs> I was just happy that it was 1-0 because England were brilliant. Yeah, they were dominating that first part of the game and probably should have been maybe 2 or 3-0 up mm. at that point. Lauren James celebrating a goal in their clash with Denmark today. Let's hear what she had to say after the game. You look like you were peeling off to celebrate before the ball and even hit the back of the net. Did you know as soon as you struck it where it was going? I kind of had a thought, but then as soon as it hit the net, I was just like, it was just a relief. Your teammates, I haven't seen those smiles on their faces since this World Cup began, really. What did they say to you when that ball went in? They were just really happy for me, and to be fair, they said it before the game. They had a good feeling about me today. And, yeah, I'm just thankful I've got good people around me. You seem very calm and collected for someone who just scored the winning goal in a World Cup game. Yeah, I mean, I'm calm all around on and off the pitch and I just try to bring that to my game as well and today it showed that and helped. Lauren James doing Lauren James things at Sydney Football Stadium today. Do you know what I love? 
England have been so open in their approach to this World Cup. They've brought the media into their setup, they've shown them around their facilities, and they've really celebrated this moment for women's football. They have. They're, you know, they've had the experience of being a home nation in a, in a big tournament and seeing the effects that that can have long term, um, not just on the team, but obviously women's sport in general. And I think that the players are so used to now sort of um, having the media around, embracing, using it as a platform for better things. and. Um, using it as a tool for change and it's refreshing to be honest. A tough moment for Serena Wiegmann's side, Chloe, was the injury to Kira Walsh. She is such a key player within how the Lionesses go about their business. Look, I definitely think um, as soon as she came off the field, England were impacted with um, her disappearance from the six and the presence that they had. I think they lost a little bit of their composure. They're playing out from the back, but um, we were speaking about it. It's, she's one of those players that you don't notice until she's gone. Um, so I think it will be a big loss for them if it ends up being uh, a bad injury. I'm think, hoping not. Yeah, I think you can always tell by the player's reaction. Um, they, you know, a, player, a player's reaction will give you an idea of how serious it is. They know their own body really well and the reaction there is, uh, yeah, unfortunately not great. Yeah, it's really concerning. Denmark, Tommy, didn't get anything out of this one today, but they are very much still in the hunt for a spot in the round of 16. They play Haiti in their final game. What are you looking for them to change, to improve on, to work on in the lead-up to that? You know what, after the first 10 minutes, I thought they settled into the game. So, so really, for it being a loss, I, I'm really positive. Uh, I thought they, they took the game. They made some good changes in the second half. Vang Scott had that header late on where they hit the post. You know, so they could have got something out of it, but we knew at the end of the day it was going to be in that Haiti game, uh, the third game, where all was going to be decided. And looking at Haiti today, Denmark will certainly have opportunities. So it, it's for them to take them. Vanila had a, a key part of this Danish side and she caught up with Brie Holden after the game. Vanila, condolences on the result. It was a tough game out there. How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're playing against uh, England. Uh, it's, it's a great team. Uh, the champions of Europe, so we knew it would be difficult. I think we worked hard to make it difficult for them. Uh, yeah, Lauren, she made a, a really nice goal, and then I think we actually kept them from having the big chances, and I think in the end we pushed for it. Uh, maybe we should have done that a bit earlier, I think, uh, but yeah. There was a bit of a formation shuffle, it seems like, halfway through the first half. Can you talk me through what was not working and, and what those changes were? Yeah, through the first half, yeah, I think we changed first to 4 4 2 a little bit so we could get uh, more pressure on the centre backs and then we went to 4 3 3 <laughs> to uh, keep the, them tight. And then the second half, uh, we got a striker in and I could go down a bit in my the position I like to play. And then, uh, yeah, then I think we got more pressure on them. For you personally, you still haven't scored a goal in this World Cup. How frustrating is that? Uh, no, I mean, it's not that I've had that many chances. <laughs> so. And uh, you've got uh, Haiti up next. We know they sort of pushed England in that opening game. What are you expecting from them? Yeah, I think it will be a difficult game. Um, we have to be really good. Uh, again, work hard. I know they have some fast players uh, we have to have, keep an eye on. All right, well, thank you so much and good luck. Thank you. Vanila Harder, one of the goats of women's football internationally, playing at her first Women's World Cup. As we have a look at those Group D standings, England on top, three points from their opening two games and a plus two goal difference as well, which could well be important after game number three in this group, but Denmark, China and Haiti still in the mix. Important to keep in mind because Group B, the Matildas group, will come up against Group D 1-2.
in the round of 16. Yeah, and there's so many different um, you know, options that are going to happen across both groups. It's really, really difficult to call. So it's exactly what we wanted in terms of the, the um, competition being nice and tight. And we're going into the final round of games now, not knowing, not knowing who's going to finish where, which is exactly where we want to be. We haven't heard from the Matildas camp today, Chloe, because it's been a recovery day. What does that mean from a player's perspective, specifically after a loss? Would the players have gotten together today or would it have been a bit like, you know what, mate, I actually need some space? Look, I think it's a lot of uh, rest and digest. So um, Tony Ooh. allows Ooh. people to um, do what they want and, and everyone has a different coping mechanism on how they like to recover, but the team comes together to do team recovery and then you can go have your own personal space. I know the hotel's decked out with everything that they need. Um, and one of, this is going to be a day where everyone's just going to take their own personal time and space, no seeing family, just really come together as a team and kind of nut this out before we can get into the next game. Questions remain, Tommy, about whether in that next game we'll see Sam Kerr feature. Tony Gustafsson has said that they will give her absolutely to the last moments to prove her fitness. But having watched training in the lead-up, it's hard to feel optimistic that she's that close to being back. Sure, and especially after what Gustafsson said. You know, he wasn't very clear. He was, he was again, throwing, uh, you know, a lot of smoke. And, and that's never a good sign. You know, so I don't expect her to be back, uh, at least not in, in, in the next game. And... You know, it's a crucial game and if she was any kind of ready, she would be the first one on the score sheet because it's a win or go home. So I doubt it, sadly. Yeah, you got to feel for Sam Kerr herself. We will hear from her. The Matilda Skipper is going to speak to Optus Sport tomorrow, so we'll get an update on where she's at in her recovery from that calf injury tomorrow right here on Optus Sport. And there is a whole heap coming up football-wise tomorrow as well. Plenty to look forward to. Tomorrow, the World Cup action continues on Optus Sport. 4.30 Eastern powerhouse Sweden take the field against Italy. And Brazil have a new superstar. 7.45 Eastern, match of the day, Ari Borges and Brazil face France. And tomorrow night's late game, Panama, Jamaica, live from Perth. And remember, every morning, 8am, join us for daily kickoff. Your World Football Roundup over breakfast. All today's World Cup matches are exclusive to Optus Sport. Welcome back to the Post Game Show and the Optus Sport Football Podcast. It's awesome to have your company as we shift our attention now to Group F Brazil, who were incredible in their opener. France, Jamaica and Panama will see them in action tomorrow. And we saw such an incredible atmosphere for that clash between France and Jamaica. That one finished nil-nil. Do you know what didn't finish nil-nil? Brazil's opener. They're sitting pretty on top of Group F T after a remarkable start to this tournament. Yeah, they are ones to watch, as always, uh, bringing the flair. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to seeing them sort of play again tomorrow. They're, they're always a joy to watch. You know, you, you always know you're going to get something creative from them. And... Um, yeah, hopefully some more goals. We spoke a lot about Marta in the lead-up to this tournament, playing at her sixth Women's World Cup, looking to score at her sixth Women's World Cup, but it was a young superstar who set this game alight, a hat-trick in the opener. Yeah, unbelievable. I think she did incredible. She's the first ever person to score a hattie at a World Cup, so a tremendous effort from her. 
Let's have a look at those goals then for Brazil in this opening game because, Thomas, they were a, these were goals that we all <laughs> shared across our socials. They were such a joy to behold. Yeah, but this is what we expect from, from Brazil. Uh, you know, we, we can sort of imagine them just playing on the beach and, you know, uh, the, the, the technical skill, the awareness that they have. You know, we'll see probably one of the best goals of the tournament, this one. It, it, it's unreal how you are aware of where players are, the finishing. Everything is top-notch and, you know, let's hope we get more of this, but they'll be tested against France. They will, although France yet to trouble the score a tee. This was a nil-nil opening game clash with Jamaica and one that I think will have left Hervé Renard with plenty of questions to answer heading into this next blockbuster. Yeah, it left me with some questions. I was at the game and... Um... I just, yeah, you know, I, I just felt like France didn't do enough in the first half. In particular, they were, they were um, not patient enough. Didn't move the ball, uh, you know, sort of disrupt any sort of organisation, and they just gave the ball away at times really, really cheaply, which is really unlike them in terms of the style that we're used to seeing them play. Um, in saying that, the last ten minutes they had more than enough chances, and this one in particular for me. Um, yeah, I, I, look, she's got the whole goal to aim at there. I think when Dali came on, she made a massive difference. I'm surprised she didn't start from the beginning, to be honest. But her injection from the bench really sort of um, ignited the last 15 minutes for France. But they're going to need to be a little bit more patient and control the game a little bit more with the ball if they're going to want to get a result. Panama, Jamaica tomorrow as well, Chloe. But Jamaica without Bunny Shaw, who copped a straight red in that opener, and she is such a massive loss. Massive loss for them, but I think they're absolutely ecstatic. I actually I met up with one of my friends from the Jamaican team, and, and she spoke about how... Um, hype they were about getting a point out of their first game against France and I think their confidence from that game will lead into their second game and without Bunny I think they're just going to have to readjust but I know they've got um, players that have speed and who, who will do just as good of a job. Wendy Renard, one of the powerhouses of women's football, a crucial player for Lyon and a crucial player in this French side, you can see how much she felt that one. Yeah, and potentially not playing in, in this uh, second game. And so it, it's, you know, it's a blow, but, but you would think with the squad uh, that the French have, uh, you know, that they'll be able to field a good enough team to at least threaten Brazil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's have a look at the Panama chances that they created in their opener then, T. Weren't able to convert one, but did create opportunities. They did. And um, look, you know, they're, they're an exciting prospect and... They cause problems at times and, um, you know, it's all, for me, it's all about, look, you look here, they're pressing, they're, they're quick, they're not letting them settle on the ball. Um, they're winning it back in higher areas and giving themselves an opportunity higher up the pitch where they don't necessarily have to try and progress all the way through. And, and that's probably something that um, a lot of the other teams that have sat a bit deeper could take a leaf out of their book from. The fans at this tournament so far have been incredible. I tried to get into that France-Jamaica game that you were at. They let Sorry, you in. Yeah. Didn't let me into the stadium the because it was in. a packed house, Tommy. <laughs> it was so brilliant to see. And for this Panama-Jamaica game, once again, they'll be singing, they'll be dancing and they'll be Atmos. Yeah, and, and, and it's just great how, you know, cities just go and support. You know, even we saw tonight in Adelaide, you know, the Chinese were out, uh, you know, it's, it's just a fantastic atmosphere and we'll, we'll see it at most grounds, full, 
and, and uh, everyone just joins in. It's great. Let's have a look at that group then and who we think will progress to the round of 16. We've had a look at Group F just a moment ago. Coming up in a second, we'll see Group G as well. Sweden, Italy, South Africa and Argentina. Still so many games that are up for grabs, Tommy. Places in the round of 16 and must-win clashes coming up on Optusport. Yeah, Sweden tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll be happy with the result today. And, and again, can they get a win over Italy? Sets them up nicely. They'll definitely be into to, to the next round. And, you know, I'm sure they'll like to rest a few players in, in that third game. Well, we know we've got plenty of Aussie slang going around that we've been greeting some <laughs> of our international visitors with. Let's have a listen to some Jamaican slang. Chewy bin? Chewy. Oh. <laughs> uh, ice bath. A microwave. Freezer. Refrigerator. Ice bucket. Cooler! Yeah. <laughs> Bogan. Um, surfing. Like a jerk? Oh, they're people! Yeah, no! <laughs> Server? Servo. Servo. It sounds like a, like a fancy food. Parking spot? Parking lot? A waiter? Rest stop? Yes. Jada ba. Is it like a bug or an insect of some kind? Let's party. <laughs> okay. So not close. Okay. Jandals. Jesus sandals. Sandals. They have straps. They're strappy sandals, and Jesus wore them. <laughs> That's a great explanation. That's absolutely perfect. Tommy, when you came to Australia, was there any Aussie slang that just blew your mind? All of it. I didn't have a clue what was going on the servo and Chaka Yui and all these things. Are, but fantastic. You know, we're all different. All countries have something and, you know, same here. I know when we go home to Ireland, the family says to us, why, why do you never finish your words? Yeah. That's what Aussies do. We shorten everything. Abbreviate everything. Yeah. yeah. I think we're a little bit lazy at times. Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Happens in England as well. They're kind of like, what are you talking about? But yeah. Look, they'll learn. We're educating. Yeah. Yeah. So we are. One country at a time. One World Cup game at a time. <laughs> we're going to have a very quick break here on Optus Sport. Don't forget, each and every morning during the World Cup, we've got daily kickoff from 8am Eastern. We'll catch you guys tomorrow morning, like every morning, 8 a.m. on the Daily Kickoff. All things Group D tomorrow. Yeah, it's all about the D tomorrow, and we have a special guest, Ante Juric, joining us on the pitch. Some kids will be on here as well. Some kids are already on here now. They're, yes, they're at the back. The blues, blue wiggles they are. Yeah, love them. And we're looking forward to France-Brazil. That's probably one Can't of the wait. biggest games of the group stage as well. Yep. Make sure you're here joining us tomorrow. See you then. Argentina, South Africa kicking off the football action today here on Optus Sport. And what a cracker of a contest this was, T. South Africa will be so disappointed they didn't clinch their first Women's World Cup win. But what a fight back it was from Argentina. Yeah, fantastic game. Um, South Africa obviously going 2-0 up. So, um, you know, almost cruising at times and probably felt quite comfortable in the game. And then Argentina, you know, scoring two goals in quick succession. Two fantastic goals, by the way. Um, one of them probably goal of the tournament. And, uh, yeah, 
pulling it back to 2-2, two, two, we, we heard from um, the South African coach and she was obviously really, really disappointed because it's one, the one that got away. And they say it's a dodgy old lead 2-0 in football and it was right in this case, Chloe. It felt like South Africa really lost their way. They did. They were so close. And, you know, I feel for them because I've been in that position where you're 2-0 up and you, and you feel like a cruisy. But how can you... How can you say that? It's what, a, what a goal. I've watched it so many times already, but unbelievable. I've been waiting for goals like that in this tournament, and um, Argentina did so well to pull it back, and they had phenomenal goals. It's their technique, their tactical ability to be able to see the ball, see the player in there, and just phenomenal. So let's look at what that result means for Group G. Sweden and Italy, who both won their opening games on three points. South Africa and Argentina sharing the points today. Sweden, Italy tomorrow, Tommy. I mean, it's a blockbuster that could ultimately decide who finishes top of this group. Yeah, it is for, for the top spot. Um, you know, there, there's star players uh, on either side. But, you know, I'm looking forward to Sweden because, you know, they're one of the, the favourites. Uh, Fridolino Rolfo is, is a star player at Barcelona. You know, it'd be interesting to see if she really steps into the tournament. She was a little bit uh, off, I thought, in the first game. But, again, Sweden came back. It was a great win for, for them. And... I'm sure they'll be looking to, to finish it off uh, against Italy. Let's have a look at some of those goals then, Chloe, from Sweden's opener. They got the bickies and they did it in style. <laughs> they did. They did do it in style. And, look, I love watching Sweden play. Do not like playing against them because they're one of those teams that they're just so good in tournament football. They just get better and better as the games go on. And, you know, just unbelievable. I say moments um, in the game are so important and set plays are just one of those moments. They're up against Italy T, who had a 1-0 win in their opener. What a header that is. You know, I think um, she's, is, Girelli's come off the bench and um, that's a fantastic header to put them in front. And I know Joe was up out of his seat when that one went in. So um, it sets up a fantastic clash tomorrow and really looking forward to these two sides going head-to-head -head because they've got some fantastic talent. I love the celebration as well, Girelli. One of the players we've seen doing her thing on the international stage for so many years. What do you think happens then tomorrow? Sweden, Italy, who gets top spot in this group? You, you would expect Sweden, I think. Uh, you know, the, the way they got the physicality we, we saw against South Africa, they were one down, fought their way back, changed their tactics, their corners, you know, they got the winner as well. Uh, and, and I just think they're, they're going to get better. They've got enough talent uh, on the bench as well to, to come on. And I think Italy, it might just be, you know, a, a step too far in, in this game, but we'll see. Italy qualifying for back-to-back -back Women's World Cups for the very first time. They take on Sweden tomorrow right here on Optus Sport. Time for a very quick break. We'll wrap up the day's play and what's coming up for you tomorrow on the other side. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's have a look at what took place today, match day nine of the Women's World Cup here on Optus Sport. 
Argentina with an epic fight back against South Africa. England got the job done against Denmark and China playing for over 60 minutes with 10 players on the park managed to eke out a 1-0 win over Haiti. A remarkable result for the Chinese side who knew they needed a win in that game. Coming up tomorrow, we've got one game in particular that I circled as soon as the Women's World Cup draw dropped. Sweden, Italy. You've told me, Tommy, that Sweden are going to win that game. France, Brazil. This has the potential to be the game of the group stage, Chloe. How do you see it playing out? Look, I see Italy winning, Brazil winning and Jamaica winning. And Panama, Jamaica, which you'll be watching from the couch because you've managed to get yourself a day off. Yeah. You get final word. You've heard from Chloe. What do you think happens in that final game? I think it's going to be a draw and I'm not going to give you a score prediction because, you know, we never know what's going to happen. And that's why you listen to our pundits here on Optus Sport because they're completely across all of the different permutations and know exactly what is going on at all moments. Tanya Oxby, thanks for your insights You're today. very welcome. <laughs> Chloe Legazzo, always a pleasure. Tommy Sorensen, good to see you. Good to see Safe you. Safe flight home. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get over the loss today. Yeah, do you know what? You're still right there in an amongst <laughs> Thank you so much for your company at Optus Sport today as well. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. See you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.